Welcome to the podcast, NGSS and Beyond. I am your host, Carrie Williams, and I look forward to sharing some of my understanding about NGSS and other STEM-related topics for teachers with very busy lives. Not everyone has time to check out blog posts and their Twitter feeds, so hopefully you can find some time on your way to work or on your lunch break for quick professional learning opportunities in 10 minutes or less. So thanks for joining and let's get started. Welcome to the podcast all about the framework. And when I say framework, I mean the NRC framework, the National Research Council's framework for K-12 science education. This framework was written before the writing of the Next Generation Science Standards. And I've worked with many teachers over the years who either had not heard about this framework, uh, but definitely many who had not read it. And I think it's not only important to read the framework, but I think it's important to understand this vision. Otherwise, the standards can be interpreted in a variety of ways. And I've actually seen them interpreted in a variety of different ways, in, not only in classrooms, but across districts. And um, just in general, depending on your background as an educator, you can really interpret the standards differently. So I would like to give you a little bit of a background about the framework. So the Carnegie Corporation of New York and the Institute for Advanced Study established a commission that called for a new set of science standards. Now, this happened right on the heels of the Common Core movement and an understanding that as a nation, we needed a set of standards to guide our education in science classrooms and our curriculum. And it had been a long time since we have had something like this in a reform in science education. And their goal of, the com of this commission was twofold. Number one, to get organizations together, get some of the best researchers out there and their minds on writing the writing of the framework by the National Research Council, and then also the development of the Next Generation Science Standards. And this was led by the organization called Achieve that um, brought many people together to write the standards. So the standards came after the framework, and the framework really laid the foundation and provided the vision and a common understanding of, of this entire reform movement that we're trying to do. So the framework builds on many previous studies and contributions by existing organizations that have been studying these topics for a very long time. And all of these organizations are listed in the first couple chapters of the framework. So I'm not going to go through them right now, but definitely um, when you read it, give credit to all these people that have done all of this work. Um, but why are we doing this? Why are we getting all these people together to rewrite our standards and write this framework? Um, and I, I know there's many reasons, and I can probably list many right now, but there's two that are mentioned in the framework. And, and number one is that we have a need in our country to produce science and engineering professionals. And our students need to not only want to pursue these careers when they get to college or even high school, but they need to know how to pursue these careers, how to use the science and engineering practices in a way that they can explain the world around them, that they can answer or try to solve design problems. We need to give them the tools to be able to do this. But also we have a need not just to create professionals, but we have a need to create a society of people that is scientifically literate and can 
have these conversations about science and engineering in a way that helps to produce a more literate society to help us make some better decisions, not only for our own lives, but for our culture and our society as a whole. So engineering and technology were also included in our new standards. And the reason this was done was not only do we want to make sure that we're incorporating engineering and technology into our curriculum? And if they had not put those topics into our standards, we probably wouldn't put them in our classroom. Some of us would, but not everybody. Um, but the other thing is that we need to reflect the importance of understanding not only the natural world, but also the human designed world. Because we live in a time where the human designed world can solve a lot of problems and has also created a lot of problems. So we need to not just look at what's happening in the natural world and how to figure out um, and how to explain those different types of phenomena, but also what's happening in the human design world. And really that comes to down to engineering and technology. So the standards included those two domains alongside the other science domains. Now, the framework was intended to not only guide the development of the standards, but it was also intended to guide us as curriculum developers, assessment developers, it's help to help state and district science administrators understand what our intentions are with the next generation science standards, also professional development providers, and of course, teachers. I mean, we, we all need more background on what this vision um, is supposed to look like. And so the framework really provides that for us. It gives us those answers. But really, if we want to just get down to the basics of what this framework um, is telling us, it's really telling us that this vision for education that we have is to help our students over multiple school years actively engage in the science and engineering practices and apply cross-cutting concepts to deepen their thinking and understanding about core ideas in each of these fields in order to explain the world around us and hopefully solve problems. That's, that's really, uh, you know, they can use what they've learned to solve problems and apply these practices in the future. So the framework has some guiding principles that I'm going to go through pretty quickly here because I'm going to come back to these in future podcasts. But number one, children are born investigators, that they're naturally curious, they ask a lot of questions, and they already construct explanations in their head about how the world around them is working. So we want to take these abilities that these students have, um, tap into their curiosity, and then build on their initial concepts that they've developed and build on them in increasing sophistication over time. And that is another guiding principle that understanding is developed over time, that there's a progression to our understanding of science and engineering, that these progressions you can see not only in the standards, um, that we look at some core ideas and over time those core ideas are explained and um, used with increasing sophistication. But we also see these progressions within our units of study using a storyline approach. So we start with those natural curiosities where students are asking questions and then we build on those ideas and we mature those ideas and we support those ideas and guide them to more sophisticated uh, learning and understanding. Another guiding principle is that we're going to focus on a smaller set of core ideas and the standards writers went through and really 
figured out what these main core ideas that we need all students to understand before they leave 12th grade. And we're going to focus on these smaller set of core ideas, but we're going to go really deep with them. And we're going to use these core ideas to explain phenomena in the world around us, to come up with engineering solutions. And we're going to avoid going over so much curriculum that's really disconnected um, and going, you know, a mile wide and an inch deep, we're going to go a lot deeper um, into the core ideas because we have chosen some main core ideas that we're going to use from grade level to grade level. Another guiding principle is that science is not just about knowledge, that it's about knowledge and practice. And so we have established a set of practices that we are going to use with students to not only um, extend and refine the knowledge that they have about science, um, but also how to perform science and engineering like real scientists and engineers. Real scientists and engineers don't just memorize facts. They use the practices um, to not only investigate, but to explain their findings and to argue what they think is happening. And they do this all based in evidence. Now, they might communicate through models. They might communicate through um, a paper, but we need to teach them those ways to do these things um, and explain their understanding. And the last guiding principle that we're going to talk about right now is connecting to students' interests and experiences. And a lot of research has been done on not only engagement, but equity. And one way to make more equitable experiences is to build on what students already know about science and incorporate their own experiences into our lessons. And also making sure that what we're teaching is what they want to learn about. And that doesn't mean that they're going to love every lesson you do. But if you pick a phenomenon that they're interested in and you get them interested in asking questions about that phenomenon, you have a more engaged classroom. And so this is going to really lend itself towards a more equitable environment. And what we're trying to do here is teach all standards to all students. So that's my 10 minutes. I'm going to stop here. I'll come back to some of these ideas in the future. I hope you enjoyed learning a little bit more about the NRC framework for K-12 science education. And I hope you have a wonderful rest of your day.